Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. Thank you for downloading this episode. If you like this podcast, please give me five stars. I would love that. And for extra good karma, tell a friend about this podcast. Danielle, you're going to tell a friend, right? Absolutely. I love good karma. (laughs) Danielle's out there on the streets of Romania just hustling for me. Forget about her business. She's wearing all sorts of (laughs) t-shirts for me and the whole thing, right? So as always, check out my metaphysical products at freespiritpodcast.com. Today, we have an amazing guest. I'm so excited to have her on, Danielle Gorzavu is an energy healer and life purpose coach. She has worked with over 35 different energy healing modalities. Wow. But now mainly practices a healing modality called ancestral clearing that removes the unwanted energies within you, your family, and ancestry. Her mission is to spread awareness about the metaphysical tools and techniques available that eliminate suffering caused by trauma, emotional baggage, and limiting beliefs. Her passion is helping people find their purpose by removing the energetic blocks and limiting beliefs that are binding them from connecting to their life's purpose. Wow. Welcome, Danielle, all the way from Bucharest, Romania. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Oh, gosh. How's Bucharest today? It is gorgeous. Beautiful weather, sunny skies. It's a great day. Yeah, I didn't make it to Romania. I actually lived in Eastern Europe. I don't know if I told you this. I lived in Estonia, Um, but I never made it to Romania. And Romania was on my list, of course, with the metaphysical and the vampires and the Dracula, but I never made it there. So one of these days, one of these days, I'll come visit you. Uh, So I just want to start talking about, well, this is funny because so I'm, you know, looking up all of Danielle's amazing things and I follow Danielle in Clubhouse and on Instagram and the whole thing. I'm a big fan. And we actually have some similarities, right, Danielle? Yes, we do some freaky similarities. So I want to talk about uh, some of the similarities that we have, and then I'll let Danielle take over. I was a corporate flight attendant, which means I flew on private jets with the rich and famous. And Danielle, I'm going to let you explain more, but you basically, what would I say? Yachted, cruised with the rich and famous. Is that right? Yeah, I was working on cruise ships and I definitely in the latter years worked on the higher end cruise ships. So I've, I've met a few rich and famous. Yeah. And I I saw that one picture on Instagram when you were wearing all the jewels, you were holding all the jewels. So I said, Mm -hmm. you know, she's not doing these carnival cruises or anything with the, with the kids from spring break. She's doing the real deal, rich people cruises. That's what I imagine. Right. (laughs) My first cruise line actually was carnival, but yes, I did upgrade after a while. So, yeah. So we both did those type of jobs and from the outside, it looked like the dream job, right? Everyone's telling us, oh my God, this is, you travel the world, you're with the rich and famous. This is amazing. But for me, it wasn't, you know, I ended up getting frustrated and angry as I was phasing out of that because I just knew it wasn't my sole purpose. I remember being in the galley, which is the kitchen of the plane and saying, man, there has to be more than this. And then I went into, um, possibly flipping houses, which Danielle, I can't wait for you to talk about, but (laughs) I went into that. Uh, Well, no, I didn't go into that. I went into the idea of that. And I actually met with a psychic who warned me against it. And she kept saying, no, that's not for you. No, that's not for you. So I took her advice. And then we ended up buying a farm. So I ended up trying to use it as a big wedding venue. 
kind of similar to, I don't want to say house flipping, but it's similar to using your house, I guess, to make money. And uh, after I heard all the craziness that goes into that, I said, no, not for me. I do not want 175 drunk and high people on this property. So yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we went through jobs that I think from the outside seemed great, but didn't connect with our sole purpose. So I'd love for you to discuss how you had the dream travel job and then the house flipping and how that moved you to your sole purpose. Our stories almost mirror each other. There's so many similarities. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing. So instead of being in the air, I was on the sea. And so I was in the cruise industry for a long time and I had a pretty great job on board. I told people where to go buy expensive things in port and I helped them do it. So it was mostly, you know, consulting. I was on stage. I was on TV on board. I was working with my husband. We were hired as a couple. So we were never separated. We were traveling. We were in beautiful places. And this sounds like a dream job. The picture that you referenced, that was half a million dollars on my neck that, you know, I just wow. get to throw things on whenever I want because I'm technically advertising for them. So they let me wear whatever I want. And so who wouldn't love a job like that on paper? But what yeah. I said for many years was that this job wasn't feeding my soul. I knew that I wanted to do something that I was passionate about, something that made me excited to jump out of bed in the morning, something that helped me help other people. And you could say that I was helping other people have a better experience on their cruise and save money and yada, yada. But that wasn't the kind of transformation that fed my soul. For other people, it is the dream job for sure. But for me, it wasn't. And so I really struggled with that for a long time because nobody understood. It was really isolating. Telling people that I'm not happy in this job that from the outside they think is amazing. When they'd say, well, what would you like to do instead? I didn't have an answer, which yep. was really frustrating. And so <laughs> I'm a an action-oriented, solution-oriented type of person. So I was, you know, I went about the mission of trying to find the answer to that question. What do I want to do instead? And I didn't know how to go about it. So I just, you know, researched and tried this and tried that, tried a lot of different things, would strike out quite often. Um, and then eventually I got to the point where I'm like, I just need to choose something and dive in. Like I can't keep dabbling with stuff. People say that you never are successful right away anyways. So I need to choose something and dive in. And so the passion that I had kind of narrowed myself down to, or the two that I was deciding between was something to do with personal development and interior design. I love interior design. All I watch is HGTV. All I think about is renovating homes. I love it. It excites me. Do you know I'm asked... At least I can't even tell you how many times a year people say to me, I look like Joanna Gaines. I've been asked for selfies. I just want to throw that in. (laughs) And you have a farmhouse and she's all about that style. So, Oh yeah, she is. That's true. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no worries. So yeah, so I I decided to jump into interior design. And, And you know, looking back, I think mostly the reason that I went down that path is because it was clear. Going into something in personal development, I wasn't sure what that would be or what that would look like. So I was just going with a thing that was more clear. And I was so desperate to get out of my job because at this point, I was maybe six or seven years in. And so I was forcing action, which is why I was met with nothing but resistance. And things did not go well. Um, Let's just, long story short, uh, several tens of thousands of dollars later and a year wasted, we ended up going back to our job. 
because things just didn't work out. And I learned in that process that I love interior design and I love the idea of renovating houses for myself, not for other people. <laughs> ah, there you go. And and that was an expensive lesson to learn, but it made me realize that just because you like doing something doesn't mean you should make it a career. And I didn't realize until I learned the hard way because that's the way I learned best, apparently. So Me too. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, you know, several years later through pure maybe luck or coincidence, but that's not really true because it was what I was asking for. And apparently I was finally in the place to receive it. I realized that my true purpose had been in my life for the last eight or nine years already. And I just couldn't see it. I was in an ancestral clearing practitioner program and I was in that training. I've done lots of different energy clearing practitioner training because that's what I do for my personal development. It's was my hobby basically. And I was just doing it for my own development. And during the session, John, who created the method and was doing the training said, I want to do a release for everybody that would release whatever would stop you from doing this work. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. I wasn't planning on doing that as work, but you know, you're there, you receive. And during that release, what came up for me was realizing that I had a fear around being an outcast. Hmm. And it was something that I had never consciously even thought of before. So it was, I guess, an unconscious belief. In that moment, I had kind of a eureka moment where I was like, holy crap. If I had this belief and I didn't even realize it, what else was stopping me from doing this? And so it was really easy from that flashpoint to then figure out, okay, I need to go dig up all the other limiting beliefs around this. And once I released that, because luckily that's what I was doing, releasing energy, I was able to just easily, clearly see, oh, this is my purpose. There was no doubt. There was no unsureness or, or hesitation. It was just really, really clear because all the junk that was blinding me had been removed. And that was a transformational moment. And then I went on to like clear up a bunch of other things, but I realized it was a lot of limiting beliefs that I had that were blocking me from stepping into my purpose and a lot of assumptions and expectations as well. For example, I didn't think that I fit the stereotype of a healer. I didn't see myself in that light. And so I had a lot of other things that I eventually kind of brought up to the surface that once I removed those things, it was really easy to connect with my purpose. It was a really long path to get there. But once I got there, I was 100% certain this is my purpose. This is why I'm here. This is what I'm here to do. Yeah. And it's funny you said that about not feeling like a healer because the first time I remember I met you on Clubhouse, I was like, oh, this woman's such a healer. So <laughs> it's funny what we think of ourselves sometimes, right? And I know yeah. now you think of yourself as a healer, of course, but back then that kind of shocks me. Now for ancestral healing, because I, I'm going to, I love the idea of this and I just want to make sure our listeners know what ancestral healing is. Can you just explain the modality a little bit for us? Sure. So if somebody's familiar with Reiki, it's very similar. So it's done oh. remotely, it's done at a distance, and you're connecting with the creator and getting the creator to release whatever I'm focusing on for that particular person. So there's no limit to what can be done, anything to do with uh, emotions, limiting beliefs, negative energy, and, and things like that. Um, and of course, those are the roots of any physical illnesses and things like that as well. So there's really nothing that this can't be used on. And when I do the process, it releases it for yourself, 
We release anything that is connected to you as well, because anybody who is related to you by blood, you share DNA. And so when we're releasing in you, your DNA is releasing this trauma and these emotions as well, which means that all of those people connected to that DNA are also experiencing the release. And then we're also clearing the energy of anybody that was connected to you in the past. So that could be your lineage, your uh, parents or grandparents or family members that have passed because their energy is still present or ancestry and even past lives because it's all energy and it's all connected. So someone like me who's adopted, you would be clearing the energy of my adopted family as well. They're not connected to you by blood. Okay. So it would more be if they were involved in the situation. So let's Got say it. I'm doing a, a release around some a fight that you had with your adopted mother because she's her energy is in the situation. Absolutely. Yes. But if it was a fight between you and your boyfriend, then her energy is not going to be in the situation. I understand. Okay. That makes things really clear. And I, I love that idea of ancestral clearing being someone who's adopted because, you know, I don't know anything about my birth. I mean, I know a little bit about my birth parents, my birth father, nothing, but my birth mother a little bit. And it's, it's nice to have a modality where you can access that and clear that because Danielle, lately I've been having this call to work with my ancestors. And I don't know if it was your energy, I swear, but last night I had a very strange experience where I'm dealing with a trauma right now. It's moving through my body. It's causing a lot of physical ailment. Let's just put it that way as the listeners know. And last night I was just having all these crazy, just my body was going into this meditation and I could feel the trauma in my, let's just say stomach, gut, hip area. And it was swirling all around and moving through and the whole thing. And I don't know if that was you were sending me that energy last night, but there was something going on. I felt it was very ancestral. So, well, that's actually something that happens quite commonly when you have, let's say, an appointment the next day with some sort oh. of healer or practitioner. Your energy is already starting to work through it because you might be aware already that there's no actual difference in time and space. So, sometimes the work begins before the physical time and space actually occurs. Yeah, that's crazy because I I just thought of it as way too much of a coincidence that you have all this (laughs) amazing energy and this has never happened before. And I've been dealing with this trauma for years and it's never happened. So I don't know that I thought that was really cool. So thank you for sending me that energy. Oh, you're welcome. So Danielle, going back to soul purpose, why is there only one soul purpose instead of, you know, some people love to change purposes. They don't like to commit very much. So why is there only one soul purpose? The first thing that I want to do is kind of change the framing of what soul purpose is. Because one of the things that I've realized in stepping into mine and helping other people discover their purpose is that your purpose isn't a thing. It isn't a destination or a place. Your purpose is more like a theme. So before this incarnation, your soul is setting out on this lifetime and it makes some decisions about the kind of experience it wants to have this time around. So I want to go and have fun and grow and expand in this particular way. Maybe you've had a lot of lifetimes where you were nurturing in some way. Maybe you were a doctor once and a nurse another time and a teacher and a parent. And so this time you're like, I want to do something different. I'm going to be a creator. And so in this lifetime, your purpose is to create. Now, the way that you choose to express that 
is limitless. You're not bound by that. Whether you decide to invent something or start a business or you're an artist and you're creating art in some way, but that underlying theme or current around creating something is what your purpose really is rather than it being being the artist or being the um, inventor or that specific thing, which is why I feel so many people are called to not wanting to limit their purpose to one specific thing because they're called to a lot of different things. But what I would assume is if you dig into all of the different things that they're really connected with and excited about, there's most likely that underlying current that connects all of those things that really excites them. For example, for me, what I've always felt my purpose was, was to help people rise to their full potential, overcoming their internal limitations. Now, the way that I'm doing that is using energy healing and helping people step into their purpose. 10 years from now, I might be helping people rise to their full potential in some other way. And so I don't have to only do one thing for the rest of my life, but I'm going to find excitement, growth, expansion, and fulfillment by riding that wave or that current throughout my lifetime. And so your purpose isn't something that's limiting, actually, when you realize what it really is. It's actually something that will take you similar to a river that takes you through many different places and experiences. Your purpose, if you ride that wave and go with currents instead of fighting against the flow, you're going to have joy and expansion and ease and fun. And now we're not boxed in. You know, you're a good example. 35 different energy healing modalities. You know, you, you want to help people find their sole purpose, right? But you, you still expand and you try everything and you do everything. And I feel my sole purpose is disseminating information from source to the collective consciousness. That's how I feel. You know, I'm one of the voices in the metaphysical world. And when I do it, if you listen to my podcast, I, I do all sorts of topics, you know, I don't stay on one topic. I do all sorts of topics, but I'm still staying with the theme of my sole purpose, which is using my voice and disseminating information. So I really appreciate that you explained it that way. Yeah, that was one of those lessons that I learned through experience, because that was part of what kept me stuck for so long, looking for that one specific thing and trying to fit myself into that one specific little box. Mm. And that, I think, is also probably where a lot of other people go wrong as well, trying to find the box to fit themselves into rather than realizing that your purpose is more like a theme. What's the difference between a sole purpose with a great career and a, versus a great hobby? Your sole purpose is the theme. And then your hobbies or your career can be different ways that you express that theme. So in your career, let's say that your purpose is expressing yourself using your voice. So in your career, podcasting. In your hobbies, you could be singing or writing music or whatever the case may be. Oh, and you wouldn't want to hear me sing. No, 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 no. <laughs> me too. But, but all of those things are, are different ways to express that underlying current. And so you can change your career, you can change your industry, you can change your business, you can do different hobbies, and all of them are going to be different ways of expressing your purpose. Now, if you want to choose a career that expresses your purpose, that's where I would get into finding the right passion 
that you won't get sick of. So for me, that's energy healing. I will never get sick of talking about it, thinking about it, doing it, sharing it 24 seven. It doesn't feel like work to me. So that's how you choose your kind of ultimate passion versus a passion that's more suited to a hobby. Like interior design for me would be more suited to a hobby or something I do for myself. I love it, but I don't want to make your dreams come to life. I only want to make my dreams come to life. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a selfish hobby. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. In your clubhouse rooms and YouTube talks, you've discussed conscious mistakes people make in finding their sole purpose. Two of them struck me as life-changing. I had never heard that before. And I said, wow, that's pretty cool. I want everyone to hear it. Here's the first one. What's the mistake with looking outside of yourself to find your sole purpose? This is, again, one of those lessons that I learned through experience. I had already had my life purpose in my life for a number of years, and I was looking for something outside of myself. So I was assuming that I hadn't found it yet, because you assume that your life purpose, when you find it, everything's perfect and magical instantly, or at least that's the perception I had. And so I assumed that I couldn't have found it yet because I didn't feel that way. And so I was hunting for something external. A lot of the people that I have been working with or speaking with on this topic had some element of their sole purpose already in their life. And the reason for that is because going back to your soul before you incarnate, setting out the kind of strategy or plan for this incarnation, once it decides what that theme is that it wants to express, it then builds the life that you're going to have around making it easy for you to live out that purpose. So the parents you're going to have, the interests that you're going to have, your strengths, all of these things are built to push you in a particular direction. And I'm sure that almost everybody listening can think back to something that happened when they were younger and how it pushed them in the direction of whatever career they're doing now or a particular uh, hobby or interest. For example, somebody who had an illness when they were young and had a lot of trouble finding a solution through uh, practical means and, and traditional means might have then moved into alternative medicine and maybe they decided to become a naturopathic doctor. So these experiences get set up and planned out so that you can experience your purpose. You already most likely have some element of what your purpose is in your life because it was naturally designed and built for you. How much you're allowing that in and open to it is the case, is the the holdup, because we all have our limiting beliefs and assumptions and things like this. But if you go on my Instagram, which I know you have, um, I did an interview on Instagram Live with a lovely lady named Bella, and she was a teacher for 20 years and really liked what she did, but she didn't love it. She knew there was something missing. In recent years, she started her own business and started teaching special needs and autistic children and then incorporating music into how she teaches them. Now she absolutely loves what she does. She's passionate. She knows she's found her purpose. And it didn't mean that she had to totally transform into something completely from left field. She was just tweaking something that was already in her life to make it go from like to love. I'm a good example too, Danielle. I started out as a writer, so I thought I was going to be, you know, big shot writer. <laughs> and uh, so, and what I discovered working in publishing and writing and the whole thing was there's not a lot of personality in it because you're writing and you're in a cubicle and you're editing and you're behind a desk and it's not what you think it is. And I realized looking around me, even though the people were lovely, that I had way more of a personality 
and that was being lost. So I was still in the area of my interest, but I was a little bit far off. I knew I was mm-hmm. there, but I wasn't quite there. So I love how you describe that because I think you're correct. I think there's something where, unless you're just doing something you hate, like when I worked in the restaurant industry, I hated it. But, you know, unless you're just doing something like that, then yeah, you're not far. You may not be far from your sole purpose. Yeah. And I think that there's probably a lot of people in that situation where they're assuming that their purpose is something that they don't know yet, that that hasn't been discovered yet, and they don't know where to begin. And I would say begin with a thing that keeps appearing in your life in some way, shape or form. And your example was great because if your calling is to express yourself using your voice, writing is not that far off from that. Yes. And so you were in the vicinity of it already. And I think most people that I've been working with already have been already in the vicinity of that thing. And so instead of assuming that you need to do something totally different, looking at what shifts, what small shifts can you make to what's currently already existing in your life that you can implement or change to go from like to love? Yeah, that's, that is absolutely perfect. And we're going to talk about this later, but if you really want to help find your sole purpose, we're going to discuss your workshop later. So that's a good, that's a, that's a good uh, (laughs) tool as well. A great resource. So the second conscious mistake people make in finding their sole purpose. And I, I I love this because this (laughs) sounded like me. I'm trying to make money too fast from your sole purpose. Yeah. That's a big point of paralysis. I think for a lot of people. Because it's basically like trying to start at step 10 when you haven't taken the first step. When you're just discovering what your purpose is, the universe is going to naturally lead you down a path to arrive at the final destination that you want to get to. But usually when you start something new, the first day, you're not going to get paid for it. Let's say that you're a student and you decide you want to be a journalist or a doctor or whomever, you need to go to school first. Nobody's paying you yet. In fact, you're usually spending money on learning and becoming better. And so the same thing is true of your purpose. So you usually, in most cases, need to start off at square one. And so if you start looking for how am I going to make money from this before you even take the first step, of course, you can't see how it's going to work. So if you assume that it's not going to work out, you're not even going to take the first step. This is where, and this is manifestation in general, where people get stuck, where they try to do the work of the universe. Your job is to be the creator and decide what you want and then align with receiving it. The middle step of how it unfolds is the job of the universe. And so when you're trying to get caught up in the how and how it's going to unfold and how it's going to manifest and controlling that, that's going to lead to frustration and and contrast and things are not going to go as smoothly as it could if you kind of let go of the wheel and let the universe lead you and guide you and direct you to getting to where you want to go. So decide what you want and then get into a place where you're receiving those signs and signals and cues and staying open as well. That's a big thing. Mm. Knowing that it's most likely not going to come the way you expect it to come. 90% of anything I've ever manifested or desired in my life came in a way that I would never have expected or imagined. This is so true. I'm just I'm, that's a big statement because it's it's so true. And with podcasting, if you're a serious podcaster like I am, it takes a while. It's a long game career. This is not something unless my name's Oprah and I start a podcast or Deep Deepak and I start a podcast tomorrow yeah. and I automatically get what like 50 million listens and mm-hmm. the whole thing. 
I'm not that person. I'm starting from ground zero. I started from ground zero. I'm in month maybe nine. So, and I, all the statistics I hear is that you really start, you know, gaining that listenership that you know well around year two, but that's starting around year two. Would you say that the difference between, say, this and when you were writing, even though you're not at the end result yet, because you're on the path of something that feeds your soul, that you enjoy the process? Love it. Love it. The The two years doesn't even phase me. Exactly. It could be 20 years. Way. Right. The same way, because we're on the right path. We're doing the right journey. We're in the flow. I love how you said stay open because I have had so many things, especially dealing with the release of this trauma. And I've talked about it in other episodes to the listeners. There are just bizarre things like last night that came up that I would have never expected to help release. I mean, just weird stuff. I'm constantly open to it. And with the money part of it, I'm just kind of going with the flow and seeing where everything lands. And for once in my life, just not stressing about it, you know? Yeah, because when you're on your path, just being on the path is satisfying to you when you're really, when you found your purpose, what that theme is, that's what I'm referring to as your path. And then all the other stuff is going to work itself out because when you're doing something that you love and that you're naturally good at, because whatever your purpose is, you have the strength to be good at it naturally. You might not be the best from day one, but you're going to be better at it than most. And you're going to be able to grow to become really great at it e more easily than other people. So if you're doing something you're great at and you love, the money's going to come. I agree with that. And every great person who's been very successful in my eyes says that, right? Some of these great metaphysical people we look up to. So now you have a beautiful clubhouse room with fascinating subtopics around the topic of soul purpose at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursdays. In a room recently, you said to be an exceptional spiritual coach and to truly serve others, which you are and which you do, you, you must be your authentic self. And that means working on yourself too. How do you work on yourself so you can help your clients achieve their sole purpose? Working on myself is how I got into this. <laughs> so it was something <laughs> I was already doing anyways. But the thing that I found is that the more that I work on myself and unblock my own limiting beliefs and assumptions and expectations, number one, it helps me see things more clearly. I can recognize those things in other people pretty easily. So if I've had certain limiting beliefs around my perspective of what it uh, means to find your purpose, then when I see you making the same mistakes, it's really obvious to me. And so I can help you become aware, first of all, that you're doing that. And then I can also tell you what I did to overcome that. So you don't have to do it the hard way like I did, where nobody was guiding me and I had to figure it out. Number one of having been where that person is so I, I can relate to them. I know what the challenges are that they're going to be facing so I can help uh, um, them avoid those things. But then the other thing for me is being a really clear egoless facilitator is the word that I like rather than healer or practitioner or something like that. Cause I just see myself as the connection point between source energy and the person to help them overcome whatever challenges they're having. And so if I can do that in a way that removes my own ego, looking for any kind of like my own personal ego satisfaction from the situation, 
taking credit and things like that, which a lot of people I feel have quite strongly when they want to be the coach and want to be the hero of the situation. And also being able to not let my own biases and assumptions and things like that influence how I'm relating or dealing with somebody. Because what's right for me in my life is not what's right for you in your life. And so I don't want to let any of my assumptions or expectations or perceptions influence anything. And so the more that I work on myself and release those things, I feel like I'm, I'm just a better vessel to help this person with their transformation. I appreciate that you are saying this in this particular way because 20 years ago, and I think you'll back me up on this, Danielle, in the self-help kind of new agey industry, it was all about being the expert. I'm the expert. Come to me. I'm the expert. I know everything. I'm the expert. And now it's changing to, you know what? I'm not the expert. I'm just trying to guide you in your life. And if we're metaphysical like you and I, I am the conduit for source. So I'm the conduit, I'm the facilitator, I'm the teacher, whatever you want to call it. You can even say healer. And I like that much better because I never understood the whole putting someone up on a pedestal, right? Because that's ego. And instead, we're all equal, but there's just a lot of us, actually, someone like you who has gifts and talents who can help us heal ourselves, right? Absolutely. And, and I think that a lot of people get into this because they want to help. And that's great. But sometimes they let that, I want to be the one that helps you and transform your life, become a bit forceful in the way that they mm. deal with people. I, I've been in um, readings with psychics and things like this, where I can see where they switch from sharing information that is coming from non-physical to telling me their opinion. And yep. they're not saying that they're switching, but I can see where they're switching because the energy feels different. What they're sharing with me feels different. And I've always noticed that. I'm like, I don't want to do that because that assumption my, uh, that I'm sharing with you could be a, a limiting belief that I haven't become aware of yet that I'm putting on you. And that's not serving you. And so I always want to try to be the clearest vessel I can be to help people with their transformation because everybody has a unique calling a unique perspective. There's no one right way for anybody to do anything. The best way for you to do something is the best way for you to do it. And who am I to tell you what I think you should or shouldn't do? That is a perfect segue to my next question, which is please tell everyone about your amazing upcoming workshop. This is why I had you on the podcast at this time, because I know it will resonate with many of the listeners. So please tell us about the workshop, the dates, the whole thing. Ah, thank you. Um, so I am launching a workshop called Step Into Your Purpose. It's six weeks. It's going to be online interactive workshops where I'm going to take everybody through the process of finding their purpose, aligning with their purpose, meaning removing all of the limiting beliefs and blocks of becoming the person that can fulfill whatever this soul mission is, and then stepping into it, meaning taking action, overcoming the fear of getting out of your comfort zone and connecting with your inner guidance so you know what the right action steps are to take. And so it starts on September 9th. And I'm super excited about it because we're going to be using a combination of different metaphysical tools, including Badza and human design and a bunch of others, as well as energy healing and 
all of the various tools that I've used that have been helpful to me over the years of finding my purpose, but in a very simple and easy way for everybody to really implement this stuff quickly instead of taking the five or six years that I took. I'm going to do it in a few weeks. And I have to say what I'm super excited about with this program is a lot of the reasons why people buy courses and don't take action or listen to books and things like that and then don't follow through is because of their limiting beliefs that are preventing them from moving forward into change. And so we're going to be disarming all of those things. So you're going to be able to actually make real change in this program. And because I'm doing all the energy healing, you're not going to have to go up against your own blockages. I'm going to help you do that. And then it's going to be easy to step into change. So I'm so excited about the transformations that are going to come from this workshop. You got to do it. You guys, if if you are struggling with soul purpose, this is a great opportunity. This is, I mean, what a great opportunity. I don't think there's anything more important in this world than finding your soul purpose. And the fact that you have an experienced, highly experienced energy healer right here to help you and remove those blockages, that's pretty cool. That's That's pretty cool. So just the logistics, it starts, did you say September 9th? September 9th. And it's going to be six weeks. Six weeks. Do you know about the time it would be in regard to Eastern Standard Time or not yet? It's going to be Thursdays at 12 p.m. Eastern. Okay, perfect. Oh, that's a great time. I love that. (laughs) That's a really good time. I love that midday. For us in Eastern Standard Time, I love that midday just break and connecting with source and going back to yourself. That's why I try to meditate midday. I'm going to have all of that information in the show notes. Any last words? Don't believe anybody that tells you that you don't actually have a purpose. Those are people that haven't found or stepped into theirs because everybody that I've spoken with, yourself included, that has found and stepped into their purpose feels 100% certain that when you find and connect with your purpose, everything in your life gets easier and more fun. So know that it can be easy if you choose it to be. I attest to all those words. Danielle, this was such a beautiful interview. I could talk to you for another, we're on 45 minutes. I could talk to you for another 45 minutes. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us from Bucharest. That's so exciting and cool. Please tell us. Oh, of course. Please tell us where to find you and how to sign up for your workshop. Sure. So daniellegrosavu.com very easily. And you can sign up on my website for the workshop. You can also find me at the same name on Instagram and YouTube. Danielle Grosavu is the handle. Just put at in front of that and you can find me very easily on any of those platforms. Danielle, I'm going to put all of your information in the show notes. So we'll have all that. So it's accessible to everyone. And so we have come to the end. Until next time. Live your life two inches off the ground.